0: Well, Mr. Sam George here with us today. Sam, thank you for being here on the podcast. Dr. Parker, thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you, too. Before we got started here, we were chatting a little bit about getting deep in philosophy. And I would love to know, let's backtrack, how that became central to your life many years ago. Well, uh,
1: coming out of, um, uh, basically, I've always been involved and interested in politics and uh, I went to a Jesuit college, Marquette, and I came across, uh, uh, I was a political science major, and they they have an area there called political theory or political philosophy, and I had some professors there that were just outright philosophers and used this old Socratic method, and so then I double majored I did all the political philosophy, got a degree in, in philosophy, went on to get a graduate degree in philosophy at Louisiana State University of university so uh, and, and you know the relationship between politics and philosophy is very important and and when I mean politics, I mean all of our culture and the same true is um you know is true of religion uh, as well so um statecraft is soul craft, and I never have lost a sense of that
0: most definitely, so as I was reading a little bit about you you were you were behind the campaigns for legalizing marijuana in 18 states. That's How correct. did you even get involved in that? Well, um, I,
1: you know, I, you know, I'm officially the architect of it. Uh, a couple, two billionaires, one John Sperling, the founder of the University of Phoenix, and George Soros, who needs no introduction. Right, right. They hired me, and and uh, what all they cared about really didn't care about. They were they just wanted to end the drug war. Uh, they wanted to basically deal with the issues of incarceration and the prohibition. And uh, while they supported legalization, they, you know, we didn't know where this would all take us, but uh, where it took, took us was basically, uh, I I apologize. Oh, no problem. Um, Where it took us to was, you know, when I was doing the focus groups back then, you know, it was very clear that people were, you know, against the drug war. They saw that failing But the prevalent thing, and this is maybe before many of your listeners' time, is they had this thing called do drugs, do times. In other words, the government ran ads showing people jumping off diving boards (laughs) and hitting the concrete, okay? That's where things were at. So basically what happened is uh, what medical was, was a way of providing control or legitimacy outside of law enforcement. Of course, the medical institutions have great authority, as we see today. Although it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of failing us right now, yeah, no anyways, doubt about it. <laughs> that was the origin of medical marijuana. Sure. And people get confused that it was basically, oh my gosh, it was a euphemism for, oh yeah, you know, but no, it's much more than cancer patients using uh, marijuana. Right. And basically it deconstructed the, the, the existing regime and opened the door. We did this through all ballot measures. So it was all political effort. It was a national effort. And uh, you know, it is the. There's been no effort like that. The only other effort like that was the effort to get term limits, but they were facing a much easier <laughs> road. So, so that's how I got involved with it. And uh, you can see how the role of philosophy, coming down to a single concept, medicalization, can change everything.
0: Most definitely, I'm in one of those states, Washington State, where it was one of the early states. Um, yes, it was one of the it.
1: I worked on that campaign a little bit. Yeah, I was towards the tail end. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. And so, which obviously, you've done many things, but leads us into something I think the crux of this, your book, I'll get back to you. And, and this is an area that I think is so prevalent in our society, how crazy it makes it makes me when people don't return messages what is the science or the philosophy behind this and how did you get involved with starting into looking into this?
1: Well, uh, basically, I, 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 you know, I have historically used my interest in philosophy or ideas through politics. You know, I've done a lot of things, not just, uh, Merrill, you know, to change the world through ideas and ballot measures allow you to do that because you're not just voting for candidates, right? you're voting for ideas. I've done a lot of work in ballot measures. And so i you know, politics is just too crazy these days. And and uh, I slowly cut back. Uh, in doing so, my work went digital. I do, uh, you know, essentially did my politics through digital and then I got into digital fundraising. Um, you know, it was easier. And, uh, you know, I still have a couple of organizations and I have a company that does um, digital communication. So uh, that's what prepared me for understanding the issue. Um, It's just something that I wanted to to, I was thinking about, you know, I want to start writing about ideas other than politics, because I wrote a book about politics, about what Metro versus retro America, you know, a long time ago before Trump. So anyway, (laughs) uh, you know, anyways, that's what, uh, you know, that's I just came up, I said, you know what, this thing has driven me crazy for years. Um, I just didn't understand it. You know, I thought that I, I really thought I was a little crazy. Or, I mean, like, God, I think I'm a confident person, self-actualize all this stuff, then what the hell is this about? You know, and I would do it. And you know what? I knew, you know, like I'm all, every time just about, right? It's never true. These things we think. So you would think that, hey, there's a reality test here. Why can't we just tell ourselves? And there actually is, you know, so if you'd like me to explain the process, there's actually a syndrome of what happens or let me know if you have questions on the experience. I itself. want to
0: know, I want to know the syndrome. Like I want to get down to the most basic deepest element of this because as someone like I'm a, I'm someone who like I pride myself in getting back to people in a timely manner and making sure that that I'm respecting their time, but I I feel like this is not a common trait among a lot of people i could be wrong about this but in my own sphere it seems like it drives me crazy
1: okay as well well i mean there's a reason it drives you crazy um and and i'll explain that in greater depth but uh suffice it to say this it is a syndrome i mean um you know because of my background in politics i, I have experience with polling i'm part of what i do is polling in okay. focus groups and uh I both I didn't do formal focus groups, but I did some professional interviews on this issue with people. And then I went into the field, and everything that I'm going to tell you had a 70% plus um, acknowledgement or yes, you know. So I know, unlike a lot of these books, they're oh, this syndrome, that syndrome, all the self-help psychology. I know I have validated validated this in the field through quantitative polling. So what I speak to you when I start explaining this syndrome or stages. Has been validated by thorough statistically valid polling so the first stage is right the message is not returned an email or text because of emails and text we have this happen a lot as a matter of fact we're thinking about it all the time before you know there's constantly a state of anxiety of wondering you know did they understand, you know, I mean, like, let's say just even after a little bit, did they understand what I said or did, you know, the, 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 the anxiety begins the minute you push mm-hmm. the button. So, or even in constructing the email, so we don't know if our message will be received or understood or, you know, uh, we're just, in a, and we're always waiting for somebody to get back to us. So what happens in case of an unreturned message, when it's clear that the message has not been returned in a timely way, is this process the syndrome the first stage is anxiety and agitation you know we we reach a point where we're upset uh we 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 are upset that our message has not been returned it's not just out there we're upset about it you know and and we feel anxiety and agitation you know why didn't they return it and then the next stage is we decide that something must be wrong Mm. i mean i i we just decide that why wrong. I mean, you know, we know we have plenty of times where nothing wrong is wrong. Right. Uh, but but we decide it's wrong, and we whatever is wrong somehow has to do with us. Okay, that we are a part of the story of what's wrong. The most important stage is this, and we jump to it fairly quickly. Almost always, we jump to a worst-case scenario to explain why the message has not been returned. I mean, paranoid and delusional thing. Your wife is at a conference. She hasn't returned your phone call or met your text. And you're wondering, well, she always, you know, like you've been married for 10 years. I mean, this, this kind of stuff, jealousy, right. lack of trust, all kinds of stuff. Think about it. The The crazy things we think about, we construct these crazy stories. So, so the worst case scenario, and we catastrophize, that's kind of like when you jump to the worst case scenario and then you catastrophize, is that you just kind of blow it out from there. And then it forms a negative loop, a negative loop of thinking. So it keeps on repeating, right? You can't get it out of your head. And you know, you may say, you're trying to tell us, it, well, it's really blah, blah, blah. No, as a matter of fact, it's not just that it's negative. You could take five negative reasons and five positive reasons they wouldn't work because they're ambiguous. But it's fundamental about a worst case scenario. It provides an end to the story. I see.
0: It's interesting how the stages or process of that. Is there a difference between personal communication and business communication and how people get back to each other?
1: You know, there is. But, you know, I talk to salespeople all the time. You know, it doesn't you know they know. I mean, you know, uh, you know they know. Uh, media people, all kinds of people. I, I mean, I I think that the, the 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 business people are more patient, but nonetheless they have they feel this pressure. Mm. You know, many many salespeople. I you know I was on a, you know feel feel this and they know better and they know that it's part of their profession. But nonetheless, I mean, maybe they don't go on a full scale syndrome. But but some part of this ideation, like I said, you don't have to go up the deep end, you know, go into this crazy syndrome, you start having delusional thinking. You know, it's kind of like always there, this this anxious kind of wondering, you know, yeah. Did they get the message? Did I, one of the biggest things? Did they understand what I said? Yeah. <laughs> Those kinds of things. And, and then of course, you know, you're waiting and waiting. And then as you wait, even if you don't fall into the syndrome, you're starting to have these ideations. You know of of why the message was not returned. Is there a
0: correlation between technology and unreturned messages?
1: Yes, technology. So there are two theories here okay. that I that I basically came upon in writing this book. Okay, and these are the theoretical. One is psychological, and this is this one is communication. So the it, the name of the book is. I'll get back to you. The discommunication crisis and then why messages drive us crazy, what to do about it. So the discommunication crisis is really fundamental. Historically, we've looked at text and emails as well, the big, you know, the, the digital revolution is about all about technology and 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 you know, people talk about, you know, ah, too many emails, computers, they yeah. drive me crazy, stuff like that. But there really isn't a framework other than technology to explain it. Well, it turns out it it doesn't have to do with technology because 80% of us are reading our emails on our phone and 100% uh, are opening text on that. Mm. So essentially it's the same technology that was used (laughs) back in the telephone days, the telephone. So it's not the technology. What it is, is simply this, discommunication means that our communication structure lacks immediate feedback. And Mm -hmm. this is the essence of all the connectivity issues with. I mean, when you look at the essence of an unreturned message, right? It's a disconnection, but all meals, emails and texts have a delay. They're 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 not. There's not an immediate loop like this, I mean. Dr. Like Parker, could you do these shows without an immediate feedback, without yeah, a back and right. forth? Could you do this without, you know, an immediate immediate feedback? Right, exactly. Can you do yeah. this? Right. It'd be very difficult. It'd be, it'd be impossible. Yeah. Right. For for a number of different re- reasons, but in but in thinking that through, you understand that basically the lack of immediate response is Pandora's box. And that mm-hmm. really is the basis of the problems with digital communication is that simple thing. And you know, it's bigger, in my opinion, than the printing press. People always say, well, you know, the, the good, you know, basically the printing press changed communication forever. No, this is the biggest leap, biggest paradigm shift. Because for the first time, I mean since the beginning, even before my, our Homo sapiens, even before us, you know, our ancestors were where was speech, I mean, that's what defines human beings. And so, uh, essentially, all this was immediate feedback loops. I mean, you know, so, so basically, that something, which is the foundation, immediate feedback, you know, in the dictionary, talk is talking to someone, conversation is talking, you know, there's, there's no, you know, and why I say speech and talking, because the presumption is that you're, that you're in an immediate so so truly by definition emails and text can't be conversations but now they are the dominant paradigm right and uh you know there's no you know we are schooled dr parker and you know how to write how to express yourself and take speech classes or we know from our own experience we have been trained to communicate um in written and in, in, i mean in in, in words um, but 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 we don't know I mean text and emails there's there's no tr- i mean we're illiterate there's there's no schooling yeah. there are not many books and if people don't even look mm-hmm. at them you know what I mean essentially we don't even know how to write an email or a text I mean we don't know how to communicate through these mediums that's been thrust upon us and we're truly illiterate, which adds to the problem so there's a structural problem to begin with and our illiteracy and that is our inability or lack of education mm-hmm. on How to communicate with them, you know, magnifies the problem. So it sounds like,
0: and and kind of bringing this back to you, that our speech, the technology of speech created immediacy for humans talking
1: to each other. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't technology, it basically, right? I mean, speech is what. I mean, like first of all, uh, all of I mean, the history of philosophy going back to the Greeks and you know through Christianity, it, it was all about the word with the Greek word logos. Right. Okay, right. the whole deal. All of Christian, you know, even the da- all of Eastern Christianity, Western philosophy deals on one concept. That's the word, or what the Greek word was called logos. Mm-hmm. Okay, so word is the basis of truth. I mean, it, it you know but here's here's the other side so we get the miscommunication the other side of it is just truly what we're losing i mean when you have a conversation uh you know like this i mean m- most conversations are quote unquote good conversations right you, can, you know there you can clarify you get your voice heard i mean how many times you get people People actually listen to you in life, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and at, 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 you know, there's there's usually like that there's laughter, spontaneity, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, creativity, all these things. And of course, you know, I mean, there's a dopamine release, truly. I mean, essentially, a feel good drug is released yep. when we uh, basically have the conversations. But there's no such thing as, uh, you know, when you know and at, at the end of the conversation, you, you know where you stand. Right. Right. You, you, you have the confidence of security because you've closed the loop. Okay. You never have that security. I mean, even in, in, you know, in a text conversation, all of a sudden you're in the middle of text, you're going back and forth, and all of a sudden the other person doesn't respond. Yeah. Where did they go? You know what I mean? You start <laughs> questioning. You know yeah, I mean, you like they didn't say bye. <laughs> right. I mean that's very common. So, so we're, you know, it's a state of constant indeterminacy. And and uh, you know, so so there are no good text message conversations or email conversations and then in terms of communication what we can talk about is a fraction yes no i mean it's very very basic but emails and texts i mean there's no way lots of luck getting deep on a text or yeah. an email in fact i yeah. recommend to people don't even try <laughs> don't try and get deep never uh, on emails and text uh, you know never try and express you know like negative thoughts you know, I mean, the, these kinds of things are just, you know, become very, very volatile. Uh, but but you know what? The truth is, is we can't blame this all on digital technology and email and tax like they're the bad guy. No, we're the bad guy. Yeah. We don't want to go back. We're lazy. Oh, my right. God. Right. You know, having a having a phone conversation is a last resort. <laughs> we'll do everything we can do to avoid a phone conversation. God forbid a meeting. There's no more days of when, oh, we talked for hours or we yeah. stayed up all night or you know, com- you know, having coffee. These are all, you know, so it is not just the miscommunication of, uh, of the discommunication crisis, you know, that's broken that up. It is also the psychological, uh, we've lost something. We're losing something because at the, 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 the predominance of email and text is coming at the cost of conversation and human interaction, right. which is the basis of what it means, of which is the basis of, of who we are in terms of uh, as individuals, as well as the basis of our relationships. Relationships suffer severely from, from texting, uh, especially from texting. I mean, the stories are, there's a story in my book about someone who actually commits a, a murder based on an unreturned message, which right. is Partly true. Um, so, so that's that. You know, so it's twofold. We've we've lost this communicate. You know, we've communication is much more difficult. We're in a state of anxiety. That's the psychological. And then we've missed out. We're you know, like this is this is pushing conversation and speech. That thing we talked about earlier that yep. has guided uh you know us through the beginning of time. We're losing that. You know, it's pushing it out the door. And so it's not completely gone, but it's definitely been. Uh, back
0: so how do we how do we live in this this forward momentum we're not going backwards based society to live in this email texting society but also keep talking to each other alive how do we exist well uh,
1: would you let li- let me let me first explain the other thing because you know and because i think it's important and I, that would you the question you ask i'd like to lead into that after i finish there's another theory that was developed. Okay, okay like, so, okay, you explain to me the context of why there's so many unreturned messages, et cetera, et cetera, and what the problem, you know, like this, this whole thing, um, you know, but, 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 but get back to that experience, you know, get back to the syndrome. Like, why do we do this? Why does an un, unreturned email or text throw us into some sort of delusional state of mind where some of our best friends were questioning, distrusting, coming up with scenarios where somehow they're trying to do something negative to us. And so what 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 causes that? So when we go back to the stages I told you the most important leap is the leap to a worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. You know why worst case scenario? And you know what we don't even it's not like we derive this we just jump there like, like mm-hmm. what what who's pushing us? Well, it turns out somebody is pushing us to jump to the worst case scenario. And, and it's not our monkey mind or the dark fight or flight or fear. This has nothing to do with fear. You think, well, it's about fear. No, no, no. It has to do with rationality itself, our minds, the highest form. Basically, as he, our brain is nothing but a pattern recognition pattern formation machine, everything has to have a p- pattern, whether it's a perception or a noise or, or, or a narrative, You know, and, and, and that's why narratives or stories are so important. We have to explain, we, 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 we have to, and essentially that's because the brain thinks through patterns. And so what happens is it's a massive pattern interrupt when someone doesn't get back to us this is even a bigger problem in the area of ghosting, which this is a, you know, sort of miniature version of. So what the brain does is it, it, it's compelled to, 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 to complete the pattern. It can't because essentially it does, you know, it's, it's in a state of indeterminacy. Right. And so it is the unconsciously, the pattern recognition process forces us, compels us into the worst case scenario And after that, it's all downhill, you know, it's, it's, you know, that's, you know, the party and the negative party in your head start, but it's that worst case scenario in order to complete a pattern and only the worst case scenario story needs a finish and only, you know, there's nothing that's definitive, but a worst case scenario. So quite honestly, you know, all this, you know, a big part of this, why don't we tell ourselves a negative story? This has been in self-help forever, you know? You know, gosh, these negative thinking and stuff. How do I go out at big seminars? Do I read books and stuff like that? Well, let me say that some of this, you know, the big picture, long-term, you know, views of negativity, et cetera, that doesn't have to do with this. But definitely in our daily life, not just in unreturned messages, when somebody's late, where do you go? A worst case scenario, they were in an accident. You know, that again is the brain filling in the blank. Why would you do that? Why would you jump to the case? You know, 99% of the time, the person has not been in an accident; they have not been kidnapped. But yet, you continue to jump to a worst-case scenario, basically. And it's the same sort of process. The mind cannot fill in the gap, so you know can't complete the loop. So it fills in the gap. It pushes us, and we create these catastrophic narrative constructions. You know, if you had, if you haven't heard back, you did a job interview. Um, you 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 must not have got the job or you send a, an email and spend a couple of days to your boss. I must be going to, I'm going to get fired, you know, these kinds of things, you know, so, so this is where we go. And the whole basis of this is really just the brain pattern recognition. And so it really answers one of the great mysteries. It doesn't matter how confident you are, whether you did yoga in the morning and stuff like that. I mean, it, 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 it does. Now there are things that I do. There are there are breathing techniques and mechanisms in the book. So like if you go into this state, right, you can relax yourself and then distract yourself. But, but in terms of, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're self-actualized or not actualized at all. I mean, essentially all of us do this, okay? And, um, you know, the pulling supports that. So that basically is, you know, so, so we're not wired. Our brain is not wired for digital communication, I
0: see. and and
1: so that is really the cause of the psychological uh, experience of this of the syndrome. So, getting back to your question, you want to ask any more about that particular thing, or is that- yeah? I
0: mean, that's that's interesting. I mean, I'm not being wired. I mean, it makes sense, not because we've been wired towards it seems like just what we're doing, talking to each other, this immediacy, right. the feedback I see. Your eyes, I see your face, the whole thing. You know, like you said, the laughter. We're not built for this digital aspect of it. Um, I don't have any more questions about that, but I am thinking. Okay, all right, yeah, like, this
1: is a kind of a. This is a I have another it, thing, it, but it, is a, it does answer. A, it is a, a theory of why you know this age old question is part of the answer, not the complete answer. Right, right. Why do we always tell ourselves negative stories? You know, a lot of our negativity and self doubt is because of this little syndrome. Yeah. But not all of it. So basically, how do we get out of this? Well, you know, my experience, you know, with, you know, as a student of history is that, you know, now you see all the chaos and politics become like a, I mean, it gets worse and worse. And is is there ever going back? Well, there's never a going back. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's never a reversal no. of, of the process of reality. And totally. So, I would like to say, oh yeah, you know, we'll go back to phone call, you know, like, you know, it, it, but, but I'm not sure it works. And so no. my book is in a modest way, an attempt, um, even though it's trying to deal with the answer of how to get your message returned, but that's really the closer we can move to this immediate feedback, getting our message understood, return in, in a timely way, the closer we come to that immediate feedback, and that truly is, and then you know, just the education, the protocols. I mean, that's the biggest thing. When I tell business people, I mean, you should you should have you know seminars. You need to have like a, a day long thing to teach these people you know how to communicate stuff. You know, I, you know, there's not a lot out there. There's you know, so I I I spent a, a few chapters on this in and and basically what guides it is what I've learned from digital uh, marketing, from, from digital fundraising. This is what, I mean, this is a big sector, trillion dollar industry, and it's all based on opening emails. Yes. Emails being understood and people responding. So um, basically I've translated some of the most important strategies from digital marketing into everyday life and I have a, a couple of chapters on that. So on both
0: sides, one person is, let's say like myself, is like, what's going on? Why is this message not being returned? And it sounds like you're talking about the syndrome of that person potential of like, why is this on another side? What is the how can someone who is, has a really difficult time returning messages become better at that?
1: Well, I, you know, the truth of the matter is, uh, according to my research, is that you know, the biggest reason is basically they, they do plan to get back to you. Right. But they 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 make a mental note and they forget. You know, yeah. one, we get so many. The first thing is we get so many. We lose stuff. Come on. We lose sure. stuff. The second thing is basically people forget. Another big reason is that people, even if they open the meal, they just scan it. You know I mean? I don't even know what it means. You scan it. We all, nobody reads an email. <laughs> so some of the solutions are very basic. One of the basic things about uh, digital marketing is, you know, the subject line. Go put subject lines in millions of articles. Yeah. You know, we, we have all kinds of things like, uh, uh-oh, your prescription has expired. <laughs> no, that'll get people to open <laughs> yeah. your emails even the word thank you will get people to, you know there's a whole technology so what i what i what i tell people which is very important is you you can't get your message returned unless it's open and open immediately okay because otherwise it's going to get jogged and filed and you know it's a, you may not hear back
0: right
1: it, it, you know it, it, so essentially to do that the worst thing to put in an email in the subject line is the subject of the email mm. if you put like meeting okay we know we're going to get into
0: meeting
1: <laughs> <laughs> boom goes to the back of my mind so so you need to put something you know obviously i don't want people to spend all day you know looking up subject lines online and stuff coming up with these funny things so what i tell people is very simple you just come up with a pattern interrupt that church the create curiosity so let me ask you dr parker just come up what's just think Nothing about this conversation. What's the first idea? pre associated. First idea that comes in your head. First word.
0: Just, just asking me like what's the first word?
1: Yeah, any word. Yeah. Uh
0: um, cloudy, actually. Cloudy,
1: put that in the subject line, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. You just yeah. put a pat, you know, put whatever the first word that comes to your mind could be pineapples, you know what I'm saying? But don't put the subject, you know, don't, don't put, put the subject. Anything that's related to the content of the yeah. email into the subject because they won't open it, okay? They won't open it. I mean, yeah. that's just the, you know, from the research, I know from, from digital marketing, you know, they won't open the email if, if it's a, you know, if it's a, if it's a subject line that, that, you know, because people can't open these emails. It's not like we go somewhere. I mean, the phone, you know, we're looking at our computers and we're, we, our phones are with us. So it's not like we're checked out, yeah. You know, go, go, you know, like we've left the country or something. We can open most of these emails and text messages. It's just that we don't, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you can get people to open the email immediately, to see the text and read it immediately, then basically everything changes because you go back to this loop, back to the pattern. Then people want to close the loop yes. and they'll get back to you yeah. fairly quickly. But the catch is, so how do you get them to read the email? Do you scan, Dr. Parker, do you, Parker did you do you scan your emails?
0: I read, I, I'm, a, I'm probably a weird person with this. I read everything that comes to me like pretty thoroughly. But I think I have a background in that because of my education. I'm used to reading things were always important that come to me from my school.
1: Tell me about your education, let me say I understand, because you are unusual in that respect.
0: Yeah, in a sense, just from doing research, having a terminal degree, spending so much time reading research articles for literature reviews, put in my dissertation, thesis, all this stuff. I had to know what I was looking at.
1: What, what did you do your dissertation? What area did you, did you work in?
0: Yeah, so my, my doctorate's in sports education leadership with an emphasis in behavior modification in sports and exercise settings. And my dissertation, honestly, I felt it was very boring, but it was basically about a uh, foot strike position during a track and field drill. I was a collegiate track and field athlete, so I wanted to do something that was interesting to me and doing it, but it was like extremely thorough. And so I'm used to reading that way. I'm like, okay, I want to get you, the you understanding. You consider yourself a
1: detailed person?
0: Yes, very detailed.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, most of I, I mean, people just don't have the bandwidth. And, you know, they. I'll just tell you that I can unilaterally say that people don't read their emails, they scan yeah. them. And I imagine I would, I would venture to say that, you know, at times you do too. Yeah, how I'm can you help that. but not? You know, I mean, how can sure, we help sure. but not? We're getting bombarded. And so, if you're not clear, you don't have a lot of time, right? You've got so many emails. So, okay, we got to open the email, but how do we get and read the emails? Well, this is true of text and emails. You use the person's name at the very beginning Dear Dr. Parker. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and you know, midway through that, you know, you keep it very succinct. You get to your action item and you say, Dr. Parker, come on. And then when you say goodbye, say thanks, Doctor Commer, Doctor Parker, yep. Sam. So you you know it, and you know so you use the person. Pe- there's nothing. I mean, they've hooked people up on uh, on you know neuroscience and you know, all these kinds of studies. There's nothing that stimulates people more uh, than, their, than their first name. You know, how do you feel if someone you know forgets your name? Right. Of course, you don't like it. Right. But if some lady in the grocery store that you haven't seen in a month, somehow you barely know her. She says, hi, Dr. Parker. Well, you feel like, oh, my God, on top of the earth. Yeah, that's how important our names are. Right. And it's one of the oldest sales tactics in the book. But it's true. One time I went to a chiropractor that was filling in for my chiropractor. He's kind of like a sleazy guy from Florida, to be yeah. quite honest with you in the span of 15, 17 minutes, he must've said my name, I don't know, about 25 times. (laughs) Sam, Sam, Sam. Yeah. But you know, I, I was irritated in some level. I was like, (laughs) this is so transparent that, which, you know, like I was really thinking about what kind of a person is this guy, but you know what, when I left, it felt great. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, it was Pavlovian reinforcement, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, you know the role of environment and, In, in terms of how we uh, and how we behave, so so essentially that's that's what's most important. So you use the name at the beginning, at the middle, and the end. You make the emails succinct. And here is the you know especially on text on text you just kind of presume that they you know they see your name they know who it's from. You don't very rarely would you say hey dear Paul no. No. yeah. You yeah. should do that on text. That's the most important thing you do. And that'll increase your chance of getting an immediate response yeah. exponentially. And use it throughout the text conversation, but definitely at the beginning. But the most important thing then is like, like with text. Hey, how are you? Or what's going on? I mean, <laughs> emails, well, first of all, with the emails, you know, there is more deliberation, right? Sure. There's composition. But it's kind of hard to figure out what people really, what's this about? What's, what's the bottom line here, you know what I mean? You know, the, and the more work that you make someone do, the less likely they're right. gonna return the message. Right. You know, so not understanding the message. So to get through that, and it's true, but you should ask a question. Now, everything, every message that you want returned should involve a question, even if it's not a question. Put a question in, in, in the email and make that very, very important. And right. in text too, ask a question, because then I mean, you know, text is just vicious. You know, I mean, with email you have to kind of try and ferret through what, what right. the person means, but in text, and you know, it's just like I'll tell you if you you let's say a couple of people on their second date. Or, nobody doesn't you know like thanks had a great time doesn't matter if the guy sends it to her or whatever or he to him you know but i can guarantee you they just said thanks had a great time on thursday night by friday o'clock by friday about two o'clock they think this isn't going anywhere yeah this is this now now wait a minute you didn't ask for a response yeah but yet you're responding like they didn't get back to you you know (laughs) going through these catastrophic things And so essentially, you don't send those kind of B.S. texts. You know, you essentially understand every time you send an email and this is what you need to understand or a text, you're inviting this kind of anxiety into your life. So be very careful about sending out any kind of communications. Just like in conversation, you have to be careful of what you say. You know, this is a different thing. You need to be careful when you send out these communications because it'll it could very well trip this 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 syndrome yeah. and uh, you know so so that's the second thing and then when you ask a question, it's very important. Don't make it like, so what do you think? Or I need your input or blah, blah, blah. Like some open-ended vague thing. Yeah. Yes, no, either, or, you know what I mean? You want the question. Now, obviously you're not going to put yes, no, or whatever, <laughs> but you want to create what's known as a limit situation. So the question pushes people to respond. And then on top of that, putting into an either, or, yes, no, kind of limit situation forces them for sure. So the the, the question provides clarity and it forces them to respond and then finally, you know, i am mean, just giving you some of the ba- three sure. basic things is always follow up. Uh, my research shows that 70% of the people welcome this. Like I said, the big problem here is not that people deliberately not returning uh, messages, it just gets lost, you know, it gets right. lost in the box or forgotten. And so they welcome, they welcome uh, a follow up, but people are squeamish about that. Yeah. And so it's very important to follow up. And I, I have a simple answer for that. You're like, You know, don't forward the message, okay? And say, you know, like, because then it takes work. They have to try to piece through. Uh, Don't send a message. Why did you return my mail? Oh, because that will put them in a defensive mode. Sure. Simply, in the case of an email, send the exact same message and put a different subject line on it. That's it. That's it. And in text messages, just write the text like you had never written it before. (laughs) Right. That's it. Yeah you know that's that's all there is to it yeah. you know you don't change anything just reset it because that really is the nature of communication today yeah like everything else it's a matter of repetition so I agree so with that kind of the big the, some of the basic things but there's all kinds of things you know for example I go into it you know don't put more than one subject in an email <laughs> <laughs> I mean because of the scanning I can't tell yeah. you how many email I do this all the time like scan you know uh, through mind, you know I mean? So, so trying to get to the essence, well, I missed the two other points. I mean, honestly, I bold things out, I put numbers and hyphens and stuff like that, but but it really means this, do not, do not put two different concepts in the same email, okay? Right. And uh, a similar thing applies to, but, you know, really text messaging is more conversational um, in nature, but effectively it's not, yeah. so it creates the expectation. So those are some basic things you can do, and like I said, you know, I, I, there are many, uh, you know, short. I, I mean, breathing techniques. Simply doing something what's known in yoga as pranayama breathing. Uh, basically, blow out for ten seconds, and uh, hold. Then you know, yeah, pull in for ten seconds, breathe in for ten seconds, hold it for five seconds, and breathe out for ten. And just do that ten right. times, and you basically. You know, this this rattle thing going on in your head, um, you know, will, 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 will go away temporarily at least, and then you can distract yourself. Right. So, so, something that simple. So, those are the kinds of strategies. Once we have an awareness, like now you understand that, oh my God, I'm not crazy. Everybody does this. <laughs> and, and, you know, I had a lady uh, really, you know, ghosting, two thirds of the people that I hold believe this is a form of ghosting, right? ghosting is a big deal, right? Yes. If somebody cuts you out of their life, they, they never respond, right? right? But it triggers some of the same. And, and and the miniature psychological symptoms we talk about become scars from life, okay? Yeah. So this lady who ran the ghosting uh, <laughs> podcast, she clearly had been ghosted. Okay? <laughs> clearly. And oh my God, she talked about my book. She said it was a game changer. It changed her life. <laughs> because to her, she could understand now yeah. why she had been ghosted, why she was having these experiences. And, and uh, you know, that, but, but she, had, she had that. And so similarly, these kinds of things can So when we have perspective, you know, of what's going on, of what the problem is, of why our message is being return, there's nothing, you know, that kind of helps. It doesn't stop us completely, sure. but it does provide us the context Using the strategies, you avoid the situation to begin with. And then there are strategies you can do, simple breathing exercises to calm yourself down in the case this does occur. But remember, every time you send out an email or a text, it's an invitation to anxiety.
0: It makes so so much sense, especially to someone like myself who definitely, I certainly get anxiety from this. I don't often think of the worst case scenario. I'm not a worst case scenario person. I'm just more of like, uh, especially if like someone sent me something and I reply to them and then they never get back. I'm like, wait a minute, you contacted me. I did not invite this. That's always a weird one to me. I,
1: I find it hard. You may not be a worst case scenario, but if you're not going through these ideations, I don't believe you. I go, I go so, but know, yeah, I never think like they had an
0: accident or something like,
1: I don't know. I, I just. No, wait a minute. You're saying if you're, you're you know, somebody like your girlfriend, or somebody close to you has been as late three hours, you don't think something bad happened to them? no
0: well you know what's funny is like stuff like, like my wife she never does that to me though like that she never pulls that with me
1: right but i mean the thing but is i like sure that in life i mean listen i yeah I, you know i think that you know what you describe yourself you're a thoughtful person yeah you're unusual in that respect and you know you're an unusual person you're a gifted person and i and i can Thank tell that and i appreciate Thank that you. about you but like i said you're not there's 70% of us, okay? You're part of the 30%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I can't wait to say, whatever. I, what I mean, saying. it's less than 30%, but I, I, do believe, I, believe, I do believe that some people, some people are just not conscious of it, right? You know, they're just yeah. not aware. I mean, this is the sure. first time I'm sure that someone has probably even talked to you about this experience. Is that correct? Agreed.
0: Yeah, I mean, so that's what really
1: got me here is this is something we all experience or most of us experience. You know, I mean, it's a crazy thing of life, and no one even talks about it. (laughs) I know how weird is that. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying is I'm, you know, basically I'm bringing to light, you know, truth.
0: Yeah, something
1: that no one has ever talked about and. And my gosh, this response is great, you know? I mean, I, I don't know, And podcasts, especially because there's more bandwidth, you know? Yeah, press, I don't even know. I've gotten some articles, but what do you do with this? What do you they do with focus. It? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have time to talk about the psychology and all right. that stuff. I mean, right. what would you do with this? Like, okay, I understand, yeah. I agree, but this isn't news. You know? Yeah, but what's so, like. It, it, it's, there's it's, a lot of strategy yeah. it feels
0: like about, let's say, someone like myself who was driven crazy by this, what is a strategy for the person who has trouble because they forget a lot and they need? Well, a better you know, there's,
1: there are all kinds of things. For example, in your email client, whether it's Outlook or Gmail, etc., there are reminders. Gmail, especially, the basically it, what it does is it will take a message that you flag as important that you want to get back to, and it, you know, and after a day, it'll bring it to the top of the inbox. So. You know, there are some that that's probably using a structural because you're your behavioral psychology. So, this is something you know, if you're worried about that, if you do this a lot, I would use a structural method because you really can't change you, you know. (laughs) But there are many, you know, email clients, whether it's Outlook or whether it's Gmail, have programs where basically flat you say, okay, you just hit something. Okay, I want to get back to this eventually, and it will bring it back to you and remind you. Not just send you a reminder. It'll actually just show up in your, your yeah. box like it's a new message.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I use reminders all the time for myself. I, I'm a big systems person. So I like, like, I just don't want to leave somebody hanging. Like it's very important to me. Maybe they don't feel well, you know, that but,
1: way. <laughs> I, you know, I feel the same way. But but again, most of these communications that are not returned, far majority, are Not intentional, sure, you know, what I mean, they're not intentional, yeah, they forget. So, how can you know if you, you get an email and it, first of all, things get lost? Okay, I mean, we, oh, not for you, okay, but but but, but there's so many emails, yeah, kind of stuff we get 100 a day, you know, average business person, so it's easy for things to get lost. Two, we scan things, and if we can't really figure things out, then we file it. Three. If we get some predictable subject, we file it. So the real issue is not conscious, intentional. There's only 10% of the people that intentionally, you know, that, you know, I mean, they're not aware of this. So, hmm. so they're not, I mean, there are some people that are self-aware like yourself that are thinking about it. I certainly do. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I do have, I mean, I'm going to a catastrophic thing, but it, but, but definitely it, uh, it bugs me, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, that, that's why you have to keep things simple. If you complicate things, you know, for example, you know, avoid using attachments, right? Don't put <laughs> links to websites, right? For example, if you're going to basically, if you're going to want something from a website, edit, copy, paste, or put a, screenshot, you know, so everything is right there in the right email, there. Yeah. you know, it's just, you have to communicate clearly, you have to try and construct email for response, you know, th- that's just the bottom line here, yeah. and that one thing alone could change everything, and that, that creates the, the immediacy of them responding, but yes, I do think that people it does bother people, it does make people, uh, gives them anxiety, right, you Yeah. Know, I mean, there are times, you know, like, most of it's this, but certainly there are times, you know, when you kind of have, but a lot of times, tell me, Dr. Parker, that you want to get back, you know, a lot of times it's something substantive, right, that, that yes. you just, I don't know, I, I mean, you know, like, somebody has asked me for my business for bank statements, right, okay. Right. I'm not a basically a detailed person. For me to go to Wells Fargo, pull the goddamn bank statement, you know what I mean? Yeah. So for sure, I'm <laughs> gonna put that off. You right. know, but, it bothers me. It bothers. <laughs> me thinking about. Well, I didn't get back to that person. Yeah. So 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 usually it's. I, I mean, not always, but I mean, you know, something that you can answer very quickly, you usually just answer it. I mean, you know, close the loop.
0: Close the loop. You
1: yeah. know, just like the 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 broken loop drives us crazy. Well, you know, and community. You know, we want to. You want to close the loop, right? Yeah,
0: makes sense. You've heard of that
1: word closure? Well, yes. that's basically on a macro level what this is all about.
0: That's so fascinating. I never thought about it that way. And I think that's why for myself and so many people, it is that lack of closure. It's like, for me, I would say, it's just like, it's like you're just hanging off the cliff. Who's going to rescue this person? Like they're just sitting there. And I, I think that's the ideation you're going through. Like, just let's just, it, and I'm always like, Either yes or no. If it's no, I'm fine. Just get back to me. I don't care. Well, if you know, no.
1: that's the you thing know. is, like I said, is though that is that, um, you know, th- that 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 closure is why, you know, is why yeah. we jump to a worst case scenario. It yeah. satisfies the brain, but it doesn't satisfy us. It sends yeah. us off into the moon. But, <laughs> but, but, but we're forcing that because the pattern can be processed at that point, at least provisionally. Right. And uh, you know, I I I don't know. I mean, all I can say is that awareness, right? That by reading this book or had, listening to this conversation, you're not aware. You're now aware that this exists. You, you're you know why it exists. Yeah. You know why you're having those feelings, and you have a little bit of a strategy right. of how to approach things. And 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 like I said, simple breathing, take in ten, push out ten, hold five. That will quell your anxiety and yeah you know but 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 you know the system though like I said I don't know where this is all going me too I do know this is that this kind of interactive video is not <laughs> at this at this stage is not not the solution right we did a poll of people who work virtually okay and 22 percent of them say a major reason they want to they, they don't work in an office well first of all a third of them want to go back to the office yeah <laughs> Uh, 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 you know, but 22% of the people say, you know, it's the emails, all the emails that really drive them crazy. But even more, 27%, the biggest problem for remote workers is this, is interactive videos. You know, Uh, it's not so bad when it's one on one like this, but if you're dealing with multiple people, oh my gosh, it's, you know, a conference call is just so much of a better, more intuitive solution. So I do think it's important to, I can tell you people that, uh, you know, that, well, I don't think as a, as a society, you know, I, I do think it's important. You know, one thing that I wonder sometimes, though, is that, let's say that texting came first, right? And emails came first. right, And all of a sudden, they came up with this thing called the phone. Well, you could talk to people in real time, you know? I. Who knows? I mean, you know, it, it, I, you know, one could conjure up uh, uh, the notion that, hey, people would jump all over it, they'd be delighted about it. <laughs> huh. that is yeah, I mean, right, if all you've been doing is living in the cave, looking at the shadows, like, in you know, in the Republic, or you look at it, you know, you've been in the shadows, and all of a sudden, oh my god, you know, I can talk. Do you remember the Cuban Missile Crisis? Do you remember I, what that I, was? I,
0: I... I don't really remember it myself but i obviously I, I learned about it but i don't yeah agree. so
1: basically for your viewers i mean you know there was a cold war and you know the united states and russia were always in the brink there you know of, of the end of the world. Mm-hmm. well the end of the world almost happened and it happened because uh, the the communist uh russia put missiles on cuba can you imagine if china put missiles in cuba today okay <laughs> the situation is no different but they did this And so there was a a series of telegraphs between the the Russian Prime Minister Khrushchev and John Kennedy. And so rather than talking this out or having a meeting, that probably could have sorted through the problem very quickly. It escalated because of the first text message called telegraphs. (laughs) They didn't understand. And there was all this miscommunication and people got delusional, especially Khrushchev. And it took Bobby Kennedy, the rule, the closest the rule has come to ending, were over text yeah, over telegrams that were distorted. It fueled uh, what's known as the Cuban Missile Crisis right. that may have never existed. And so, what did they do after that? They installed the hotline. That's right, right. <laughs> and so, we, you know, what does that tell you? What is exactly? <laughs> what does that tell you that? You know what i mean that's how dangerous this is correct and you know in a miniature way i mean it, i mean think about it in a metaphorical way it's that dangerous right and i do believe you know i can't get into it i'm not going to get into it but i do believe that uh, emails and texts have caused more harm than good okay and, uh, certainly good things you know but but, yeah. but but more harm than good and i just don't know how we're gonna you know what am i my greatest year is not the miscommunication. Uh, that's a concern, but 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 can be addressed from the tactics I talk about. But the fact that conversations like this, face to face or on phone, even phone, I mean, basically yeah. phone conversations, you don't see sure. the person, yeah. but with anybody can, you know, you can read people by inflection of voice, sure. et cetera. You can laugh, you know. So it's really the feedback, you know. So I don't know where this is all going, but basically we are we're losing that. And that's yeah. what makes us human. And that really is the basis, the word of our whole civilization.
0: Sam, this has been completely eye-opening and enlightening. We're out of time here, but thank you so much for being on with me. Please tell everybody where they can get the book, how they yeah, can- Yeah, no, I
1: have about 300,000 people on my social media, Instagram and Facebook, and I will definitely promote this. Just give me yeah. whatever the material you need, send it along to John, and I will, I will promote this a lot.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I'm grateful for it. Thank you so much. I'm grateful. I really appreciate well, it, Sam. Awesome I look you know, forward you're, to you're us a chatting a in the future.
1: And you're a thoughtful man. And uh, Thank you. Okay. Thank you.
0: You got it.